so welcome everyone. It's it's great to be here. Uh, I've, this has been a tradition of mine uh, since I can remember uh, that I, I usually give the talk, the first talk, one of the first talks to start off the season, right around the time that the folks are going back to school. And I think that's a great theme, back to school, back to basics, because what happens sometimes is I feel like there's this understanding that once we graduate from college and everything that we stop learning and we don't focus or we, we are learning about our particular domain, our particular job or whatever. But the most important thing we need to learn is learn about ourselves, learn about how we're living. And to go back to basic fundamentals, the Buddha said that uh, to, do to do good, avoid evil and purify the mind and heart. And so obviously I'm going to talk a little bit, but I would prefer having a Socratic style where we have a back and forth. But this idea of do good and avoid evil and purify the mind, I say purify the mind and the heart. And that is the essence of the teaching. He also says I teach um, suffering and the end of suffering. So they're connected. So this idea of basic fundamentals of understanding what are the basic fundamentals for for this practice, for any spiritual practice, or for any practice that is um, aimed at transformation, aimed at um, freedom, or some sense of freedom, even if it's just freedom from, from our addictions or freedom from uh, being in the world in such a way that we're experiencing a lot of stress. I don't know about you folks, but there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with the, the um, territory. And so for me, I talk about it and I try to put it in into words that make sense. So I apologize for some of the folks that may be uh, expecting me to, you know, talk about the Dharma in a traditional way or to, to use uh, Pali or Sanskrit. Um, I like to just talk about it. And, and as Bhante uh, Gunaratana says uh, in plain English, and the idea is when I talked about avoid evil uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a poem i like to read i don't know if it's a poem or just uh, sort of uh his thoughts but never got it i used a guy that wrote a lot of books one of them is uh, the power of awareness and he said resist not it's called renunciation resist not evil there is a great difference between resisting evil and renouncing it when you resist evil you give attention you continue to make it real when you renounce evil, you take your attention from it and give your attention to what you want. Now is the time to control your imagination and to give beauty for ashes, joyful mourning, praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. You give beauty for ashes when you concentrate your attention on things as you would like them to be rather than on things as they are. You give joy for mourning when you maintain a joyous attitude, regardless of unfavorable circumstances. You give praise for the spirit of heaviness when you maintain a confident attitude instead of succumbing to despondency. And so the idea of do good, avoid evil, purifying the mind and heart, and we talk about it in the in the Noble Eightfold Path. I won't get into it a lot, but the first part of it is is it has to do with um, right, right view and right, right intention. And then you have the, the morality piece, which is right speech, right action, right livelihood. 
then you have the mental discipline that we are very, very accustomed to, and that's right effort, right, right mindfulness, right concentration. And the idea is that we simplify this practice. The basic fundamentals are to, to get our mind into the right view or get our mind where it's not dominated by greed, hatred, and delusion, but it's generated, it's, it's dominated or, or its essence is generosity, renunciation, love and kindness, compassion, and cultivating spirit or understanding. And so to do good, we have to have the right mindset. I would say we have to have the growth mindset. We have to have right view, which is a mind full of generosity, love, compassion, interested in understanding or wisdom. And so we do good, but it's a mental thing. And then the actual, the right speech, right action, right livelihood naturally flows out of the mind being in a wholesome state. And so a lot of the practice is really distinguishing between what is wholesome, what is unwholesome. And as I read in this poem, when we focus on evil, we're giving our attention to it and, and we're generating more evil. It's like if I say to you, don't think about the pink elephant, you're thinking about the pink elephant. So one part of this practice is really to get ourselves in the right frame of mind, or I like to use this analogy um, that I talk about in my book about the two wolves. This uh, Cherokee grandfather is talking to his son and uh, his grandson, and he's just telling him about, explaining to him that there's, there's this ferocious battle going on inside of him between two wolves. And so I'll simplify it and say one wolf is fear, which represents survival mode, trying to fit in, and the other wolf is love. And the grandson gets very concerned and says, grandfather, which wolf will win? And a grandfather says, the wolf that I feed. And so when we talk about do good, avoid evil, purify the mind and heart, it's purification of the mind, getting able to see things clearly, but it's also understanding what we hold in mind, what we think, what we feel, what our behaviors are, word, thought, and deed, that we want to make sure that those things that we think about, those feelings we, we allow to manifest in us, are feelings and thoughts that lead to, to goodwill, leads to love, compassion, empathy, understanding. And so, so that's what it comes down to. And it's interesting because I've been meditating a lot this summer on this book, uh, this gentleman by the name of Earl Nightingale. I used to listen to him, I listen to his stuff going back to the 80s. And he wrote a book called The Strangest Secret. And do you all know what The Strangest Secret is? Anybody know what The Strangest Secret is? We become what we think about. I'll say it again, we become what we think about. And so this idea of understanding what thoughts we are entertaining are really important. So we talk about right view and right intention, right intention. And so thoughts or intentions that are in alignment with goodwill, with compassion, with seeking to understand, with joy, the opposite of greed, which is a lot of people say renunciation, I like that. Uh, some people talk, call it sacrifice. I prefer the word generosity to be able to, to give it because it's more, to me, that works better for me, but being generous and being willing to, sometimes that, that means just being willing to listen to, to a friend or a family member or um, an associate when we really don't have time 
that we actually start embodying the practice in our daily life where we're we just make time to listen and we listen in a way where where we're fully present for them so what when I think about purifying the mind, we want to get the mind so that it's able to see clearly it's not moving towards anything or away from anything, but it's it's staying still and it's being centered so that they could both see and know what's happening. And so in terms of our individual development, just thinking about thoughts and thinking about what thoughts are we entertaining, not just the thoughts that come out as words, but the, the self-talk, the inner dialogue is happening. And when I work with athletes, we talk about that a lot. But two of the things I encourage them to do is uh, have their the right the right body, um, the nonverbal communication. So keep your body upright, and the self talk has to be positive. It has to be in alignment with what the goal is. And so, as it says here, instead of focusing on what you don't want, you focus on what you want. You focus on what 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 the task is at hand. And so this, this idea of, of thought control or meditation is not about thinking. It's really um, understanding how to use thought, how to use reflection, because true understanding comes from reflecting on experience. So I talk to people and they say, well, I'm trying to get my mind so there's no thoughts there or it's quiet. I say, well, good luck with that one. That's not what it's about. It's about being able to have the thoughts to be there and observe them as a silent witness and understanding that at some point you see that you have a negative thoughts and you have to transform them or change them by focusing on what you want or changing your mind. And we talk, call that right effort. And when I talk about a whole process that we can get involved in, in terms of how to abandon thoughts. And so we think about, so the practice is really simple day to day is about just really understanding that no thoughts are neutral. They're either leading towards wholesomeness or unwholesomeness. They're either leading towards well-being and, and, and goodwill or they're leaning towards ill will and, and competition or who knows, just making the other wrong, making ourselves wrong. So this whole idea of of do good, avoid evil, and purify the mind. And the basic fundamentals are getting our mind into some semblance of calm. So we purify the mind so we can see things clearly. And then in our daily activity, understanding that what thoughts are we entertaining, that we become what we think about. So if we want to be loving, we have to entertain loving thoughts. We have to entertain loving feelings. We have to have this idea that love is possible for us. Um, when I think about um, uh, Gandhi, he has this formula that I talk about in my book, The Mind for Athletes, Seeks to Pure Performance. Our beliefs become our thoughts. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. And our habits become our values and our values become our destiny. So that is a, that's a formula. So if we want to be loving, then we have to start with the belief that we are capable of love and we are worthy of love, and that love is possible for us. Then the thoughts are going to be loving thoughts. The words are going to be loving words. And the actions are going to be loving actions. And the actions are going to be loving habits. And the habits are going to be uh, the valuing love. And valuing love is going to give us the destiny of love. Does that make sense? 
But I'm saying it's really simple stuff. So this is this is stuff, and this is what the practice is about. To do the good work, to do good, we have to cultivate the mind and understand uh, what is wholesome, what is unwholesome. And, and I can get into all the practices. For me, fundamental is the five superpowers I talk about a lot, which is mindfulness and effort and concentration and insight and and trust so i'll talk about those in a way where mindfulness cultivates them but it also balances them so when, when we talk about effort it has to be balanced with steadiness of mind or concentration and so what happens a lot a lot of the time is we can get cynical because we have the information but we don't have the trust or the faith that, that balances that so to do good we have to understand you know what you know, what are our intentions? Are they wholesome or unwholesome? What are our thoughts? What are our actions? So it requires that we actually reflect on what we're going to do before we do it. And in the middle of doing something, we have to reflect on is this helpful? Is it not helpful? Then afterwards, when we assess it, we need to be able to reflect on it. And so this being, you know, you know, the Jewish holiday is interesting. I, I always seem to be given talk on this time of year and you know this is idea of atonement and reflection and and you know the whole month you know with the jewish holidays and whatnot it's a time for us to reflect it doesn't have to be a holiday it doesn't have to be easter but we we can reflect on our experience and ask ourselves you know are we are we doing good are we avoiding evil are we purifying our heart and mind. And so the idea is when we make mistakes or we do something we're not proud of, we don't have to focus on it. We don't have to make that our aim. We just have to learn from it, let it go, and then focus on doing the right thing. And so this is this is really an exciting time. But I think for me, it's really getting clear. And this is my own experience when I 37 years ago when I when I got clean. Uh, from substance abuse and then even going back 35 years ago when I went back to school after 13 years I went and got my did my graduate work and I remember this time that going back to school after, after having this practice and having practiced this um this way of being for a couple of years uh, when when I went back to school it was a totally different experience I wasn't just going to school in order to get a degree or anything I was going to school in order to learn about myself, to learn about how I can be more, do more good and, and purify my mind and heart. And so it's a totally different experience. And even though that was 35 years ago, and I'm not really matriculating in terms of getting a, a degree or anything, I continue to study and learn, learn about myself, but also learn about how the universe works, how things work, and how to apply of this way of being to everything that I do. And I can safely say that 37 plus years later, 37 and some change years later, I have more enthusiasm and excitement than I've ever had. And there's something about learning and achievement, how that generates enthusiasm. And the enthusiasm is, you know, the spirit within that we can do that. We all have that capacity. There's no age limit to that. And we have to get to a place where learning, life is about learning, and we can learn up to the moment we die. Just like we can practice mindfulness, not necessarily just sitting and being quiet, 
But from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we can have mindfulness and wisdom or insight or information and do a quick check-in. You know, is my mind negative or positive? My focus in externally or internally? And my focus on self or other? Just those six things. Time wake up, we can get a rough estimate of how we're feeling. How's our energy? And so it's about bringing this this quality of, of you know purifying the mind and, and doing well, you know, focusing on what's wholesome. And and we're not perfect, so we're going to do unwholesome things. And how we relate to that is going to be huge. If we make ourselves wrong, or we just say okay, as my Angelo used to say all the time, when you know better, you do better. So we have to practice this forgiveness, this self-compassion, but hold ourselves accountable. And so that's what's possible. And that's what I want to talk about, this idea of the basic fundamentals. We don't have to get into the esoteric part of it. It's just as simple as just we become what we think about. So what are your thoughts? And what thoughts are you entertaining? And what's the consequence of those thoughts? It's really simple, just in, 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 in the domain of thinking and understanding how do I, when I have an unwholesome thought, how do I replace it? Well, here it says you give beauty from ashes when you concentrate your attention on things as you would like them to be rather than on the things as they are. You give joy for mourning when you maintain a joyous attitude regardless of unfavorable circumstances. You give praise for the spirit of heaviness when you maintain a confident attitude instead of succumbing to despondency. So I don't know if you folks know this, but happiness is a choice. 90% of our long-term happiness is predicated on what? It's predicated on how we interpret, how the brain, the nervous system interprets experience. Not 10%, 90%. And so this idea, this practice, this is what I've been doing. It, it, you know, it, it cultivates happiness. Happiness cannot be pursued, it ensues this condition in which happiness arise and to be able to be in a moment and to be able to see things clearly and to be able to understand how to be wholesome, to make wholesome choices, wise choices, and how to be a service, how to help others as well as ourselves. That it's it's really it's really inspiring. It really generates joy, the joy of discovery, the joy of feeling connected and not and getting beyond this illusion of separateness. So I reached the uh, witching hour of 20 minutes. That's all I want to talk. Um, and so uh, we'll talk more about it. But the main thing is we have to understand we have Buddha nature. We have this masterpiece within and this process allows us to access that and express it and to share it with not only ourselves, but with, with, with the world, with our communities and with our family and friends.